The 2TM News Podcast with Romy Gilbert and Tim Coates, all thanks to Super Steel Tamworth. There's Steel, and then there's Super Steel Tamworth. We're very lucky today to have joining us in the studio Helen Mary Jones, who's an advocate in the area of mental health, and Josie Hoffman from Headspace. So, hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Look, it's a, it's a subject that's been in the, in the media recently uh, due to some uh, funding that was put across and then it wasn't across. But what's the what is the issue? Where where do we need to start? Because you know, throwing money at something necessarily doesn't solve the problem. What is the problem? So, I guess Josie, we'll start with you. Is it a big problem or is it a little problem or what's it need? In terms of youth mental health services. There is definitely significant need in the region. We noticed that through our Headspace service, which has expanded fairly significantly over the past six years, and yet the demand still exceeds the services that we have available, which means that there are a huge amount of mental health support that's required right throughout our region. Okay, so in your program targets um, young people up to the age of 25 and then they exit the program, is that right? Yeah, 12 to 25 is our age category. Okay. And Helen, you obviously work in this space. It's a, it's a great passion of yours. Um, you come up from a slightly different angle. Tell us your background. Well, I'm actually not working. It's um, yeah. volunteer work. I started my group six years ago as a Facebook group mainly because I felt there was a need for assistance for people who had mental health issues, also for people who have a better understanding of mental illness. I lost my beautiful brother Patrick um, to suicide in, well, 32 years ago in 1989. He had schizophrenia. He was born on the same day as me, so I have a great um, attachment to him. I've also had 13 years of sexual abuse myself, and um, that's really been quite devastating in terms of the fact that I've had five admittances to psychiatric hospitals across the New England region since I was 18 and I'm now 51. I live with post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, flashbacks and um, claustrophobia and I really feel that it's time that we treated mental health differently and mental illness differently because um, 70 to 80 percent of people who go into Banksia have been victims of sexual assault or domestic violence. So most of us that end up there are there through no fault or circumstances that we caused. Um, it's there because of what's happened in our lives and I want people to be treated with dignity, respect and humanity and at the moment I think we could really improve in that area. We could treat people you know, the same way that they get treated in the main part of the hospital. Sometimes I visit people in banks here and I see the great distress that people have and I think people just need some kindness, really. I think that we need to just accept them for who they are and give them the support and I'm really very worried about our young people. How old are the uh, people that respond to you on Facebook that you mostly deal with through Mind Matters? Uh, well, I've had... Mainly, I suppose, I've had quite a lot of parents responding to me. 
I've had some older people, but it seems to be a lot of parents with children with problems. And I actually contacted Mr Anderson's office a few weeks ago and told them that I was running almost a crisis service from my own home with people messaging me. And I've been offered no assistance from Mr Anderson's office for my own mental health or to help these people who are devastated and who really have nowhere to go. Josie or, or Helen, uh, what, what are the kind of the first steps that you'll take when, when people turn to either you, you Helen, or, or come to Headspace and they're, they're a little bit beyond a phone conversation or, or, a, con, you know, or, a, or a potential consultation and they really need help? So, so you're speaking from a space of clients that are in more of an emergency state? Yeah. It's about beds. It's about where to go. I've reached the end of my line. The end of the line. Yeah. That's it. Where do I go? Yeah, so listen, we operate, as you know, a community-based service. Um, so we don't operate in the same capacity as Banksia operates. However, we have a no-wrong-door policy. So when we have clients coming through, whatever stage or level of need they have, even if it is at a very high level of need, we're available there to chat to them. We, we have drop-ins very frequently through our service. If we do believe that there is an immediate risk of harm, there is protocol that we have to put in place as part of duty of care. And that does mean that if a person is actively and potentially imminently at risk of suicide, then we do need to um, make sure that we're contacting community mental health services and ensuring that that client safely goes to um, ED. So talk us through it. So if, if no, you, you, get, you get someone yeah. high risk, Josie, uh, and you say, okay, mm -hmm. you really, really need services. They're in Tamworth. They're lucky enough to be in Tamworth. They, do they go yep. to the base hospital? Is that where they start out and then go That's correct. through the process? Yep. Yeah. If they're in an imminent, imminent um, risk of harm. So we're quite happy to provide that drop-in support if it's someone that's um, feeling suicidal, but they may not be at imminent risk of harm. So there's a level of clinical um, judgment that we put into place before we just send someone out to ED because they're reporting, um, you know, suicidal thoughts. Because the World Health Organisation, I think they're one of the facts that I managed to dig up, is that one in six yeah. 10 to 19-year-olds have or suffer from some form of mental health issue. You know, that's, that's a huge caseload for someone. Surely it's... You know, either one. I mean, it's we're not talking about something that's one in a hundred. We're talking about something that's sixteen percent of the population. Well, I think the statistics are probably higher. Um, I, the statistics I had—I don't. Josie might be better with this than me, but the statistics I had was that um, it was twenty-five percent of the population at any given time would have a mental illness or mental health issue. I don't know if that's been updated, Josie. Well, I can speak to the reports of experiencing significant depression is generally quoted at one in four. So that yeah. is consistent with your 25% statistic. Mm -hmm. I guess what we're really trying to highlight here is um, that regardless of whether it's 16 or 25%, is that there is a significant um, need when it comes to mental health um, in our region and especially for young people. I guess yeah. where I started out was it's 
than that number from the World Health Organization. So they should be pretty much across it. It's mm. 10 to 19-year-olds. We're talking 16% of mm. 10 to 19-year-olds. Wow. That's not taking into account when we get life gets in the way. We're talking about kids who should be enjoying themselves at school and just having a carefree life. So then let's talk about that age bracket in this region. I think you, there, once you start to look at mental health in the region, you can really start to cross out a couple of places that don't accommodate for youth. Um, and I think Banksia, there's a huge conversation around that because whether or not it's suitable for youth is, a, is another question. But is there even any space for the youth there? I mean, no one actually really knows. So then, Josie, in terms of um, that kind of, you, you know, you guys' headspace for, for youth mental health service, um, what do we need in the region? What are we going to do to address this issue? How are we going to get more help? Just to back on to your question, I understand there's about 33 beds in Banks here. Is that right? Someone want to correct me on that? Yeah. 30-odd? 30 33, yeah. Yeah, but there's actually none specifically set aside for youth. Mm, that's right. And the only way that you can deal with the particular issue is 72 hours for assessment, and then they are sent off to another facility. Is that... Am I in the right space? Yes, there? it's yeah. a pod. Yes, that's right. So taking that as the background to the question... What, where do we go? What do we do? What do we need? Well, I, I think that we're really at crisis point in our region. And as I said, I have been inundated with people messaging me. I've had parents messaging me whose children are suicidal, whose children have already suicided and they have other family members trying to suicide. I had someone recently in that position. I've had people who have lost family members to suicide and they're not really able to cope. And I've told all these people whatever the services are available. I've had an occasion, well, a number of occasions where I've rung Tamworth Police on people that have been basically going to, you know, suicide. Um, so this has been going on. And as I say, Mr Anderson has not helped me. His staff have not helped me. They haven't worried about my mental health. And this has had a huge impact on my own family because um, the hours that I have put in in the past six years equate to months of time, months, not days and not hours. It's months of time between research, phone calls. I've rung the mental health minister on three occasions. Um, I've also been liaising with other politicians. I've got people in the background doing research. I regularly meet with other people. I've spoken with Tony Windsor extensively, um, you know, and I really think we have come to a crisis point and I think we have things in place that we're planning to do if the unit is not built. We um, need the unit for the young people. We also need a drug and alcohol rehab unit and I want to restate the fact that I said earlier today is that our region has 200,000 people. We also have the people from Barwon Electorate and their region is about 50,000 people. We also have the people from Liverpool Plains. So we're looking at a region over 250,000 people and we're telling them that we'll build a unit of 33 beds with virtually nothing for young people. Well, how can that be enough? It's never going to be enough. I mean, there is much to be said here. Uh, what I can say is that um, my understanding, if I'm not mistaken, is that the plan for the new, um, for the funding that's come through with Banksia is looking at targeting youth-specific um, beds. So I do think that's worthy of, of being researched further with Kevin Anderson's office 
um, because he'd be able to speak to that more. Um, and I came across that recently just with a media release. So I, I do think that that's public information. Beyond that, though, um, Helen makes a really good point around a drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre. That's definitely a significant gap within our region. When it comes to youth mental health, you know, there's always need that's there. So there's always opportunities if there was more funding that was available for us to continue to expand in many different areas when it comes to mental health. Certainly where there seems to be a significant gap when we're speaking about banks here and emergency services, if there's a way for us to continue to expand um, services like that so that we can meet those um, emergency level needs that young people are dealing with at various times of the day and night and you have individuals like Helen who are providing her own personal time to attend to these individuals that we actually have services available to provide that crisis level of intervention. Drug and alcohol, I just want to run it past you both. I mean, last time I checked, and it wasn't yesterday, uh, there is a facility in Armidale, a limited facility in Armidale. There's one in Dubbo, if I've got that right. Mm. Um, so, but there isn't one in Tamworth, I guess is my point. Would, would I be right in saying yes, Dubbo? exactly. Yeah, okay. So my... And Tamworth being really the hub of the mm. New England Northwest region, it would be very beneficial for us to have a service like that, our own drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre, so that we don't have to send clients to Armadale. Because, again, the family support to the individual is important. If you're sending someone from Tamworth to Dubbo or Tamworth to Armadale, there goes some barriers straight away. But you'll never have the perfect solution, because the perfect solution, I guess, is that facility right next door to the house in question. But it's not going to happen. Um, we just need to make it close and accessible. Is that yes, definitely. The region has the potential. Uh, there's, there should be no real reason why we can't make Tamworth a thriving hub of many different services across this issue that um, can be proud of how it looks after its youth. With all of the kind of property crime and, and kind of bars on fire and break and enters in the region, and specifically in the media, it's 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds who are committing these crimes. And then you've got people on Facebook community pages saying that, you know, lock them up, throw away the key, they're this, they're that. It's, it seems to me that it's a very big systematic <clears throat> failing in the, in the region, um, starting from really, really young areas and, and just like what PCYC, they, what their community organisation does is takes these kids that are starting to show early signs of potential um, issues, neglect in the household and mental health issues and therefore we end up having a com an affected community that is essentially not looking after things from the get-go and it's having a vicious cycle and it's feeding into many other aspects of the community and I think that Tamworth has the potential to like you know just do better um have the right services and the right facilities and i think it, in the long run it'll be ma majorly um beneficial to the whole community and i don't i don't know if it's that far-fetched to ask but what do we need well i'll throw one back to you to all three of you the um youth center down in, in coldale works west tamworth was originally built and funded i think tony windsor got that as part of a, a deal with the gillard government way back when federal money and that was supposedly to house services, certain services, whether they were uh, counselling services, whether they were legal services, and all the, all kinds of services. And to my recollection, that's never gone the mile. 
that would have put some of the help where it probably needs to be. Well, I was unaware of that, actually, that they were going to provide those services. It would be great if they had have done that because that would have done a great thing. Um, our group's going to be setting up as a charity. We're going to try and fund um, a set-up where we can run a couple of days a week as a drop-in centre for this area where people can come and they can get, you know, a free cup of tea or coffee and someone's going to talk to them. They can read a book, um, you know, and if they're in crisis, we can refer them on to services because I believe there's a massive need for this and I think if we don't do it, I think that our society will suffer greatly. Down in Darling Street near PCYC, or you used to be last time I looked, does that work well, Being having the service close to some of the client group? Absolutely. And that was the very reason why we chose that location. And, and we work very closely with PCYC. You know, really, at the end of the day, um, just before I go, I will present um, a kind of a general solution here is about us um, continuing to use community consultation around what the actual needs are, um, creating conversations between both service providers, key stakeholders and actual members of the community as to what does our community need when we're looking at funding youth um, services, whether it's specifically around mental health services or recreational services that are required within our region. And I think that if we recognise that we are a very close-knit community, that we are a very caring and a very um, well-equipped community in terms of skill sets and passions that individuals have in these spaces and we work collaboratively together with that unified goal of we want to see outcomes, we want to see less gaps in this area when we're talking about youth mental health, then I do believe that we can achieve that. I don't think we're going to get 100% ever because the need will always um, outweigh the services that you can provide, but we can certainly keep moving in that direction where there's going to be less gaps and more individual service that, that need that support. Thank you guys for inviting us um, on the panel and I look forward to um, hearing how everything goes. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Josie. Enjoy your rest of your day. We'll continue on. Thanks. Thank you. We'll continue on. There's lots of facts. It doesn't matter where you go, you can find facts. So you can go to Black Dog, you can go to Beyond Blue, you can go anywhere you like, World Health Organisation. And it doesn't matter if it's one in four or if it's one in five because mm. at the end of the day, one is one too many. Yep. But the, the number of youth suicides from that, that got me was that kids, more kids die from 15 to 24 from suicide than they do from skin cancer. Service providers get together on a regular basis. They have meetings, and they used to actually house those meetings down at Peace, down at um, Coldale at the youth centre. So the actual registered providers used to get together. But for people like yourself, it's got to be so hard. You're just brainstorming with yourself. Well, it has been very difficult because I had my own mental health struggles, yeah. and also because. I've had a lot of um, negativity from this community. Um, I've been defamed, I've been um, harassed and bullied on Facebook and I've had to say on another radio program today and I'll restate it on this one that if I have to take defamation proceedings against people I will certainly do so. I don't want to say that but I've been forced to by what's occurred over the last few weeks. Um, it's very easy for people in the community to criticise people like me. I'm not saying I've got all the answers or I'm some guru, but 
I am very committed to this and I've been doing it for six years voluntary. I haven't had any government funding to do it. Uh, we've run four community events. The first one was a town hall event where we had a mental health forum. That's the only event that Kevin Anderson ever supported. Um, the second one he was coming to and couldn't make it, but since then he has refused to meet with me. So that's made it very, very hard, but I am continuing regardless. I have support from other federal and state politicians who really seem to give a damn. So we're focusing on them. There's lots of... And I'll put this to you too. There's a lot of funded services or a lot of charities that are already set up running uh, programs, whether they're meeting the needs mm. or not, I don't know, and I'm not going to judge that. Mm -hmm. But the duplication of services, is there too much duplication of services? And do we need to take a step back, put a white piece of paper up and start from the ground up again? I don't know whether there's duplication of services, but there doesn't seem to be a centralised service. Like... You look at something like cancer and they've got the Cancer Society and they're really organised. They organise like their walk every year and they all seem to work together. But with mental health, there's so many different groups and I think we need to centralise it. And what really concerns me is that we have all these charities, but we never see any money in the bush. So we have Beyond Blue, Black Dog. Black Dog have come here quite often but the money doesn't come to rural Australia. And I'm interested in rural Australia and I'm interested in the New England, the North West, the Liverpool Plains and the Barwon electorate. Mm -hmm. And when we set up our charity, that's who we're helping because rural Australia have missed out. And in case people didn't realise, we're feeding the nation. So I'd like for us to be recognised for what we're doing for the whole country. I think it's time that we in the country stood up and said, we want a fair go with services. And what we're asking for is a decent service for our young people. We need a decent facility. Yeah, look, and I guess what I was trying to say was with the duplication of services is you've got things like the tier run fundraiser in Tamworth on a regular basis. Youth InSearch do a lot of work and they use Lake Keeper. Mm. Uh, Headspace is obviously a funded uh, entity. The Benevolent Society have an office here in Tamworth. What I'm saying is that there's and I could keep on going. Yep. Uh, there's lots of those. That's the duplication I'm talking about. Yep. I'm saying if we didn't have six people trying to do the same thing, what things do we need to well, do? I, I think that there seems to be a lack of clarity yeah. and there needs to be some kind of board meeting um, with a variety of you know experts in the region who does what, when and where and how to make some things a little bit more clear. Yeah. around the issue. And they've got to remember who the stakeholders are. The stakeholders... I'd like to go back to Hunter New England Health because they seem to be getting... not not really helping this process. They did a clinical services plan for our region. They interviewed 350 people in a region of 200,000, which doesn't seem fair to me. Um, they didn't do a proper interview with me, and I've already taken that up with people at Banksia about that. Um, and I think it's a very big concern that the consultation has never included going to small communities like Urala, like Bingra, like, you know, um, Emmerville, Tent Hill, Torrington, you know, any number of small communities that they could go to and they could go to a small hall. In most of these places have halls on the Liverpool Plains, they're full of them. They could go to these halls, they could sit there and they could let people talk what they and say what it is they need. The Hunter New England Health, I've suggested that to them. 
I've suggested it on radio with Kevin Anderson attending and perhaps Adam Marshall could attend and no one seems to give a damn about what I'm saying. Although Roy Butler is very interested in this and he thinks it's a terrific idea because Roy Butler from the Barwon electorate listens to his community and does what they ask. So I think that needs to happen, that we go out into the community, let people speak and talk about their good experiences, their bad experiences, what services they need because all these places that we've got are all based here in Tamworth but we have tiny communities that have huge needs and are not getting help and they have hours and hours to drive to come to Tamworth or Armidale to get help. So what are we going to do for those communities? Are we going to go out there? Are we going to listen? Are we going to liaise? And are we going to make this unit a unit built for our whole region, for our whole community or just to suit one or two groups in the community? And another point I want to raise is that I don't really think that some of the people who are using the service have ever been asked for their opinion. What do they think about Banksia? What was their experience? I've been up there three times as a patient and the last time I was up there it was like a bloody jail and I don't believe I was treated properly and I'm not here to run down the staff but I'm here to say why can't we talk to some of these people. Some of them might talk, some of them don't want to, but can't we give them the chance? Can't we ask them? Can't we have community forums at the town hall? Can't we have a community forum, you know, in Narrabri or wherever and, and go to these people? Can't Hunter New England Health do that? They've got a massive budget. They can travel out to these places. Kevin Anderson can go, Adam Marshall can go, and they can actually build a unit that our community wants and needs. Do you think that the lack of community discussion and consultation stems from a taboo on mental health? No, I don't. I believe it stems from the Liberal National Party's great inability to empathise. We've seen it with Scott Morrison and his behaviour. I believe it's the fact that they don't actually care about people who are on welfare or on disability pensions. They're treated as second-class citizens and that's been demonstrated exclusively by this government. So I don't think it's got anything to do with mental health. I mean, I've seen it in action and I find it absolutely disgraceful. I can tell you when Tony Windsor was our member, he was on the board for Billabong Clubhouse and I was at an event that he was at, a barbecue. And him and Lynn Windsor, his wife, went around at that barbecue and spoke to every single member of, the, of Billabong and asked them all how they were and actually listened, listened to what they said. And I think that shows humanity. And that's what we need is humanity and empathy. And it's lacking. But we've got loads of um, bureaucracy there. When you mentioned Tony, Tony was obviously the federal politician. Yes. And um, so we haven't... Barnaby's got a, a clean bill of health at the moment. Um, so if we're going to talk about that, we've got to go apples with apples. Kevin mm-hmm. doesn't cover the same space, mm-hmm. that, and we've got to look at it in apples for apples. So Yeah, well, that's, that's true, and I was forgetting that um, Tony was federal, but, I mean, Peter Draper, of course, as you, that's yeah. right, he's the, he was the state person, but Peter was similar to Tony in that he also went around and listened. I don't know his connection with mental health. I've got no idea, but I do know that when he was the state member that the original proposal for the hospital, the new hospital, included an undercover car park, which was never built, an MRI machine, which has been built, and it also included a 50-bed unit for mental health, including a section for young people, and that has never happened. So, Helen, thank you for joining us today. No worries. I'm happy to come in, and I'm always here to be 
talking to people and listening to people. Really. No, you've got a depth of knowledge and you do great work in the community and we need to recognise that. Absolutely. There's a Thank lot you. of community groups that do uh, to do good work and they just fly underneath the radar and it's always those ones that have the national appeal, whether it's Are You OK, whether it's Beyond Blue, whether it's Black Dog or whatever. Headspace. They, headspace. They get, the, they get the what's going on and people like yourself miss. So thank you so much for taking the time. We thank really you. appreciate it. And um, we'll watch this space, see where we can go. Thanks, Thanks very Helen. much.